everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. On today's two-part episode, I have Jasmine Ivy, who is the founder of, (laughs) I think you're going to love the name of her business. It's called Women of Woo. Now on this Before I get into a little bit about her, we do explain, so I'm not going to do it here. We do explain on the show, what is this? Like, what is your business about? Where did you come up with women of woo? What does that mean? There's a whole story behind that. Um, But Jasmine is an exceptional, she's, you are going to fall in love with this woman. Um, This is part of our business series. And so we're talking today about women in business. And I think I would label this introductory interview. In other words, we're definitely going to have Jasmine back on the show. I would label this as covering the foundational principles of women in business, the things that hold a lot of us back. So a lot of you that are listening, the reason that we're doing this business series is because I want you to be able to take a peek behind the curtain and hear from inspiring women who never thought they could start a business, start a blog, start a blog and monetize a blog, um, become an influencer, start their own or, or dive into a franchise business, so, you know, own a franchise operation, several stores, um, join a network marketing company and, and crush it, design or, or publish a book, publish an ebook, publish an online course, whatever it is. The reason I'm doing this business series is so that you can see and hear from real women who are just like you in every single way. You'll hear from women who were in corporate America who, you know, like in this interview, just had a moment where they're like, it was a big moment for for Jasmine, why she left corporate America, why she decided to start her own business. And, you know, we're talking about in this interview and other interviews in the business series, what were all of the things that that went through this successful businesswoman's mind when she was starting her journey? What challenges did she face? What are her key secrets to success? I think one of the big things that you'll hear from Jasmine that I picked up right away that I just love is her just overwhelming sense of 
confidence, self-awareness. She knows who she is. She knows what she brings to the table. She knows her unique advantage. Um, And really, that's what I want for all of you. Whatever it is that you choose to inevitably pursue, if it's a side hustle, if it's a side hustle that can inevitably become a full-time hustle, if it's you know, throwing in the towel at corporate America because you've had a side hustle and you decide you're going to go for it. Whatever it is that you decide to do, this is this is what I want for you to just know you're pursuing your calling, your passion. You are doing something that is setting you on fire that like you just know it is the most motivating, inspiring fire me up thing when I speak to women who are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Not what someone's telling them to do, not what everybody in their family thinks they should do, not what they feel they should do, but what they feel they are called to do or what their passion is, how they want to serve other people, how they want to make an impact on this world. I mean, I know you hear it in my voice. This is a big part of why this podcast is now a huge focus for me. I really feel that this is part of what I'm meant to do. And it's a wonderful vehicle. I just got the most wonderful compliment this morning in my Instagram DM. This woman's like... And I'm not saying this to stroke my own ego. I'm saying this because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And when you do that, you help other people. That's why you do it. And yeah, it's a wonderful thing too, that when you typically, when you pursue your calling, when you pursue your passion, you are not only impacting lives, but you're probably going to make yourself a wonderful income. And wealth can be defined in a completely different way for each one of us. So we'll let, you know, that that's to be determined by you, but I do want you all to be financially strong and independent and to pursue wealth without apologies. But it's so wonderful for me, back to this compliment I got in my inbox this morning, this woman's like, I just found your podcast. Oh my gosh, it is teaching me so much. I made this, this, and this change and, and it's impacting my life like that. I I feel like my work is done And, and it's not done. It's just getting started, but that's, that's why Ladies, that's why I want you to pursue what you feel called to do, what you have a nudge to do. And and on that note, a lot of what we talk about in this interview is listening to your gut, listening to the nudges that you have, um, those little voices that are like, you should do this, you should go for it. Don't don't ignore it because the, the number one advantage that we have as women for sure is our gut instinct, the woman's instinct. Um, and don't ever shy away from listening to that gut instinct, your intuition, um, those little nudges in life. Because trust me, it's the times that I've ignored that when I have failed and, and found myself going, why did I not listen to myself? Why didn't I, you know, had a bad feeling about that person? I should have listened to my gut. Every time I've listened to my gut and gone on instinct when other people were giving me, oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't quit your job to found Fitfluential. You shouldn't be on Twitter when you could be making money, you know, going to back to corporate America and taking a safe job. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. When I trusted my own gut, when I trusted my own intuition and went for it, that's when I've had my biggest successes. And this is what I want for you. So that's a lot. This is a really big big introduction to this show, but this is a lot of what we talk about in the show. It's a very, I would say, a foundational show about the strength of women, um, what we need to do as far as understanding our unique strengths and our abilities, and then also 
you know, how and why you need to be listening to that nudge, to that calling, um, to do your own thing, to start a side hustle, to start a blog, to start, you know, your online fitness program, to look into getting a franchise business, to look into that network marketing opportunity someone's been bugging you about for a year. All of those things, if you feel a nudge, if you feel a call, this is this interview, it's a two-part interview. It's going to wake you up. It is going to inspire the living hell out of you, if that makes any sense. And I just know you'll fall in love with Jasmine as I did. I feel like, you know, I want to just fly right on up to Louisville and and hang out with her. She's adorable. She is a powerhouse. Um, I'm so glad our friend Carla Bernberg um, introduced us. Make sure you go listen to my interview with Carla as well. So for now, sit back and enjoy. This is a two-part episode. It's a full hour. Um, So make sure you listen to parts one and two and get ready. Get ready because you're going to walk away from this like mic drop, mind blown, ready to fire up, ready to go crush it, ready to go pursue my dreams, ready to go stop ignoring my intuition. I'm fired up. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. You guys enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am, I feel like I should do a drum roll right now about this conversation that's going to go down with Jasmine, Ivy, and myself. And she and I have never hung out in person, but have you ever met somebody that you just know the second you meet them that like we're besties and I feel that way about a lot of people, whether they feel that way about me, but Jasmine, I feel like, you know, we're just two peas in a pod and I cannot wait for this conversation to go down. So welcome to the show. I'm so glad Carla introduced us and um, are you ready to go? I am so ready to go and I absolutely agree. Yes, I could talk to you all day. I, <laughs> that's one of my problems. I need a 48 hour day just so I can talk to my guests like before, like an hour before we talk and an hour afterwards. And, exactly. you know, I, I just, I think I also realized like I need a private jet just so that I can go and say, I need to go up and visit Jasmine after the show so we can have dessert and coffee afterwards and, and, you know, download, but it's all good. So I'm <laughs> thrilled to have you. And I can't wait to hear about, I mean, frankly, just when I was typing in your email, and I'm like, Jasmine at Women of Woo. I'm like, Women of Woo. Very <laughs> cool. And I can't wait. So for everybody listening, we are, this is our continuing business series. And I have heard nothing but amazing things about Jasmine from Carla Bernberg, who I also interviewed uh, both from a fitness perspective, but also about her, one of her first entrepreneurial ventures, um, Your Box Box, which I think is just brilliant branding. Um, and so she had said, you've got to meet Jasmine. She's amazing. And I just trust Carla inherently, but I know that you guys are going to, when you hear about her business and, and I'm going to be learning with you because we, we talked before the show and I'm like, well, I want you to introduce yourself and I want you to tell everybody about your business. And I said, I'm just letting you know, Jasmine, I have not had time to take a deep dive into your business. So I'm going to be learning. So I'm going to hear about her business with you. And I know that there's going to be like some surprises here. Um, so that said, I set you up. I, I gave you a layup, Jasmine. Um, tell us, <laughs> tell us about your business, what you do and, and the backstory. Like, why did you end up doing what you do? What's Women of Woo? Tell us everything. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yeah, shout out to Carla for connecting us. She, she's a connector. She always connects you with good people. Mm -hmm. If she, if she says you've got to meet someone, you have to. 
So I've learned that too with her. And don't you love one of the things about Carla too? I'm sorry, I totally interrupted you before you even started. When Carla goes, yes. (laughs) Exactly. And I heard her her voice when you said it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, just the lot for everybody listening and you're like, what the hell? Like I'll say something to her. I'll go, oh my God, Carla. And then I just wanted to tell this woman and blah, 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 blah. And she'll go, yes. (laughs) It's true. It's exactly, yes. It's exactly how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I, yes, I'm the founder of Women of Woo and it's, it's a good name. Everybody's always like, what does that mean? And effectively what we do at Women of Woo is we train women entrepreneurs, how to grow their businesses using feminine energy principles. And feminine energy principles is like a long phrase for the woo. So for pretty much forever, woo was weird, right? It's a woo-woo, weird, just strange stuff, right? It was that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. if you really dig into it, like really dig into the history of, you know, the word or, and, and even how we use it, you, what you'll find is that woo has always been an umbrella term for anything that effectively the patriarchy didn't like. So mm-hmm. if you, if you look back through the history, like, like long ago, like for example, the Holy Inquisition, the Holy Inquisition killed like three to 4 million women or, or jailed them for things as simple as gathering medicinal herbs, for taking a walk in the park, and for women gathering in groups. There's a whole list of things, right? And so basically, through all throughout time, if you basically gathered in groups, spoke your truth, really did anything as a woman, you were a witch. And mm-hmm. so woo, we all associate with being something that we don't want to be because we're scared, right? Because it came with judgment. And at one time, it came with some real serious consequences. And this is something that I always found really interesting. So when I came into my business, I really wanted to reclaim the word woo. So that's why we are women of woo. I love it. Yeah. It's all about intuition effectively. And the only place we're allowed to use intuition is as mothers, right? The, The society allows us to use it there, but we are intuitive beings. Women know shit. We know shit before it happens. We all do. And the world doesn't really allow us to embrace that. You know, we know it in corporate, we are intuitive in our, in our, even in our corporate lives. Yes. You know, even I, my background, I worked in business and marketing for 16 years. And so the reason that I was so good at it was because I was very intuitive about, about the customer. Like I understood them. I understood what they wanted. I understood how they felt. And that made me very, very good at marketing. But I couldn't say that. Right. I had to, I had to play the boys game. Mm. So I couldn't, I couldn't come into a meeting with men around a table. And as they're presenting all these things, I couldn't be like, well, how does the customer feel guys? <laughs> and so I, I would always have to find, it was like having an internal translator. I would always have to find ways to sort of sell my ideas, sell my concepts in traditional masculine energy terms. And masculine's not bad. We need it. But when it's the only available sort of lexicon and experience to use, then everything gets off balance. Hmm. And so for me, what I realized working in business for all those years was that 
you know, I would go in the bathroom, for example, in, in some of these companies I worked at. I worked in Silicon Valley at the end of my career. And you always found these women in the bathrooms crying because the pressure was so immense and mm. they were having to push down their natural strengths. And what I realized is that these were brilliant women. Man, if you're a woman in a, in a high level corporate position in, in a place like Silicon Valley, you are brilliant, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're probably 10 times more brilliant than a man in an equal position in terms of talent and skills. But they would have to push down so many pieces of who they really were in order to do this. And I came out of there and I said, let's change this. Let's not do this. Let's not do it this way. And I started to explore what would it look like if women used their natural talents of intuition, nurturing, communication, connection. What would it look like if we used those as assets in business? What would that look like? Hmm. As it turns out, it looks like success and a whole lot of money. <laughs> isn't, so. isn't there a great quote by Warren Buffett about something like that, if I'm correct? Like he has, I, I believe it's Warren Buffett has a quote out where he's like, the companies that I have, uh, or it might be the other guy on Shark Tank, but I'm pretty sure it was Warren Buffett where he's like, the companies that I have that are run by women absolutely do better than the, the companies that are run by men because mm -hmm. he's he's open to seeing you know it's not that different is wrong the the different skill set the different uh -huh. traits that women have but they absolutely have applications in business and are needed not to be shunned or pushed down but they they should be capitalized on absolutely and yeah absolutely and the thing is we're not trying to run men out of business over here mm -hmm. it's just about allowing women to actually play to their own strengths. That's it. That's all that we're talking about here is that opening up spaces for women to actually come in and be equally regarded and yet have completely differing skills. And yeah. so that's all we're really doing. And so one of the things that was really clear to me was that I wanted to, I mean, I've had, I've been in business for years. So I, I know the, I know the, the sort of layout of the land, but when you apply feminine energy, business looks different. And so one of the things that was really clear to me is I didn't just want to come out of, you know, that experience and train women in terms of just traditional business, because there's a million resources out there for that. And mm -hmm. those tactics are working less and less and less. And so what I realized is I wanted to teach them how to use the skills they already had, but to actually unleash those. And it worked. It worked really well. And I think the thing that most people don't realize is that traditional business was built in masculine energy. Masculine energy is super important. All it is, is it's the energy of segmentation. It looks at a problem and it says, okay, how can we break that up into small manageable parts? That's a good thing. We need that. Mm -hmm. What we often miss is that using that exclusively means that we think about you, we think about your problem, and we think about, okay, like, how do I break this up and puzzle it together? We don't necessarily think about how you might feel if I do that. We don't think about how you might feel if I take your problem, poke it with shame, right? Like take mm -hmm. the, take the uh, weight loss industry is a really good example of this. And I might get you to buy my product, but I might not get you the actual result you want because I used 
right? I segmented your problem to the point of basically turning you into, it's like a robot, right? You're turning things into a machine. Hmm. And so with feminine energy, it's the energy of amplification. So you're taking something that is small and you're making it really big. So oftentimes with feminine energy, we talk about the dream instead of the problem. I'm writing this down. Hold on. Feminine energy (laughs) is the energy of amplification. Yeah. Amplification. Feminine energy often focuses on the dream versus masculine energy, which focuses on the problem. And again, neither one is, is better than the other in balance. They're perfect in balance. That's the whole solution, but that's not what we have traditionally in the business world. Because if you look at things through the lens of segmentation, if you look at things through the lens of, okay, I'm going to break this problem apart, segment it down, and then I want to get to a goal, you're no longer thinking about the whole person. And I, you know what you just said, as I wrote that down, when feminine energy focuses on the dream, where, and you, you gave the example of, of weight loss, where masculine energy is going to focus on the problem. Right. To me, that makes so much sense because mm-hmm. I do. I think about a man would say, if we're marketing this weight loss program, we're going to say what, what problem we're fixing. And, mm-hmm. you know, here's what's wrong with you, lady. You need mm-hmm. to fix this problem. This was what's bad about you. So you're, you're taking this diet or this pill or, or buying this workout program because you feel bad and you need to fix what's broken about you. Right. Because in my, if I'm hearing you right, then the feminine is going to be saying more of, you know, think about, and and that's truthfully what I've been talking about a little bit in my circles, which is Mm -hmm. I'm not focusing on what's wrong with me. I'm focusing on how good I feel when I work out with my trainer and I get really strong and Mm -hmm. how proud I am of what I've accomplished in the gym and how much better I feel when I can wear the clothes I want. Like I'm proud of my, I'm a fashionable person. I want to be able to wear all the clothes in my closet, not half of them. So for me, that's, that's me focusing on the dream, not, oh my gosh, look how gross mm-hmm. you look right now. Right, exactly. And I mean, the, the truth is, if we continue with the weight loss example, because I think it's a really good, it's, you, you really see where the masculine has gone into the toxic masculine in, in weight loss. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it doesn't even work. So masculine gone unbalanced entirely. You really see that in weight loss. You see what happens is that it just doesn't even work. Because here's the truth right? If you want to segment the weight loss industry down as far as you can go, what you get to is cut calories and increase activity. Done. There you go. Mm-hmm. We don't need a 5,000 programs. There you go. But the truth is we all know it is not that simple. Mm-hmm. It's not that simple. So this is where the masculine actually fails to actually produce a useful solution because it's, it's looking at things at such pieces and parts. And when you look at the whole problem, you realize weight loss isn't about weight to begin with. And that's where the feminine comes in. And so the feminine applied to this can balance that out to a point that you're actually tackling the real problem simply by providing a whole picture. God, that makes such sense. Yeah. So, and it's missing, obviously it's missing in almost all industries. And so part of my mission is to really bring the feminine back into the business space. But this all started because of a really crazy story. You ready for a crazy story? Bring it girl, bring it. All right. So I already said I was working in Silicon Valley and honestly, I thought I was pretty fancy. I mean, it was, it was the best job. (laughs) It was the best job I'd ever had. And, you know, marketers in Silicon Valley are like the best of the best, right? Like they're kind, it's like the Hollywood of business. And so 
you know, I was feeling pretty good about myself, even though it was a very stressful job. And I hated walking in those bathrooms and seeing women cry. Like that was terrible. But I also was like, okay, I'm making the most money I've ever made. I have a fancy title and I'm flying, you know, all these different places. So it was great. And so I arrived, I lived in Portland, Oregon, and I obviously I worked in Silicon Valley, which is in San Francisco. So I arrived on a Monday morning, or I flew in, and I was standing at the curb waiting for my um, rideshare driver, had my Starbucks, had my little little suitcase, I was ready. Anyway, so my ca- the car pulls up and it was a Toyota Camry. And you know, you, you have the description on your phone, right, for the, for the rideshare. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he knew my name. He was like, hi, Jasmine, da, da, da. And so I get in the back seat with my suitcase and I'm off, right? As we're pulling out of the San Francisco airport, I get a phone call and the, and the person says, Jasmine, this is your, I'm your driver. Where are you? I can't find you. And I, and I sort of laugh because I'm like, what do you mean you're my driver? I'm in the, I'm in my, in the car with my driver, right? It was a funny like, oh, haha, what do you mean? And he, deadpan, no laughter, says, Jasmine, I'm your driver. And the, his tone really cut through that light laugh that I had. Uh-huh. And the man driving the car were, were kind of paused, waiting to get onto the freeway. He puts an arm over the, the front seat and says, give me your phone. Wow. And in that moment, I'm like, well, shit, right? I don't know what's happening, but I know it's not good. And so the man on the phone, who is the the real driver, says, don't give him your phone. And what's crazy about all this is that when when the driver that was actually driving this car said, give me your phone, I almost did. And in hindsight, I've thought about this a whole bunch. This has been years, but I've obviously thought about this a bunch. In hindsight, I realized when you are in an unexpected and or panic state, you look around for someone to tell you what to do. True. So, and, and bad guys know this. So he obviously knew, because he could hear me, you know, that my real driver was on the phone and the jig was up, that, that you know, something was serious was happening. So he was trying to jump in and get my phone before you know, before it went any further. But my real driver understood very quickly that I was being kidnapped. Damn. And I did not. I mean, I was not there. I I just couldn't get there that fast. So my real driver on the phone said, stay on this line. And so now by this point, we are moving down the freeway, right? Because the the fake driver doesn't want to get attention, right? Mm -hmm. So we're moving up the I-5 freeway. And... So anyway, my mind is racing and my, the the person on the phone, my real driver, he's saying, Jasmine, call out every, you know, everything that you see and every landmark, every sign, every mile marker, everything, call everything out so that he knows that I know where you are. So I'm doing that. I'm doing that to save my life, literally. So I'm, you know, mile markers, everything. And so my, my mind is racing and it's trying to catch up. And as we're driving, it's sort of, I, I, I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of situation. I mean, I hope not. But what happens is your mind can't rest on anything, nothing, mm. right? Like there's nowhere for you to, 
you just, it's like this feeling of wanting to settle something so that you can just breathe for a second, but, but you can't. So I'm, so we're, we're, it's hitting on all these different things. And finally it hits on, it hits on this. My, my infant son, who was basically newborn at the time, he's going to grow up without his mother. Mm -hmm. And when that thought goes through my head, I feel this bitter regret washed through me. And the thought that went through my head was because of this stupid job. Now, just 20 minutes ago, I was thinking I was fancy pants with this job, right? Mm -hmm. And in this moment where I think, shit, I'm going to die and no one's going to know what happened to me. Who knows what he's got? You know, who knows what he wants to do? He's still the whole time still trying to get my phone, right? And I'm going to die here. And my son's going to grow up without his mother. Barely know. He won't remember me. And no one's going to know what happened to me, maybe. And it's all because of this stupid job. And when I hear this stupid job go through my head, my regret turns to anger. It's like the mama bear in me mm-hmm. rises up and is like, this is not what's happening today. And I literally was scared by the sound that came out of my mouth. I didn't realize it was me for a second. It was like, um, I don't even know, like a, a, a shriek. I don't even, I was like an animal. It sounded like an animal. And all of a sudden, like I am hitting him from the back seat. I am hitting him as he's driving. Cause like, if I'm not going home, neither is he right? I know we're on the five. I know he's going to wreck and I don't care. Right. At this point, I'm like, Mm. this is not what's happening, you know? And so I just go crazy. And the driver on the phone is like, yes, scream at him, do whatever. Right. Cause he's like, he is hanging with me. He is my lifeline and he knows it. And so I'm going crazy, right? Basically. And so at this point, my, the man driving the car is like, I did not sign up for this. I don't know what the hell he thought was going to happen, but now there's some dude who knows kind of ish where we are. And there's a crazy lady in the backseat that is going to tear this car apart. Right. And so he did not <laughs> bank on me that morning. So finally he, he um, basically dumps me at an abandoned bus station and my real driver, I eventually talk him to me and he comes. So keep in mind, guys, this rideshare driver, he could have just been like, haha, I don't understand, and then hung up, but he didn't. He stood right. with me this whole time and then went on this wild goose chase to find me at some random place. And he gets there and I throw myself, you know, in his arms because I'm just so grateful. And so he drops me off at work because. I'm an Enneagram three for those of you listening, if you know anything about it. So yeah, I just pull my shit together and go to work, right? Because that's what Enneagram <laughs> threes do, man. So I just, I go to work after all this craziness, walk into work, but I never go back. That's my last trip there. And I sit there that morning and people are like, oh, hi, how are you? How was your weekend? Da, 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 da. And I finished my week because I, I was working there. I would work there a week and then the other weeks I worked from home. And so I finish out my week and every day I'm like, this stupid job just rings through my head. It's, you know, and, and a week before I didn't think it was a stupid job, but now I see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I leave and I just never come back. That's it. I'm done. And from then on, I knew that I had to actually do something with this life. 
I knew now what it felt like to think I'm going to die today and I haven't done anything. Like, what have I done? Mm. I had a fancy job. Cool. You know? And so I came out of that experience realizing that it was time for me to tap into whatever it is I'm actually here on this earth to do. Why am I here? What's the point of this? And so that was my, that was my wake up call. Almost dying on the I-5, being kidnapped by a rideshare driver. And I decided that, you know, I had the thing that touched me most in life was helping women do the thing they didn't think they could do. Because now I had an understanding about life that most people don't have. Now I was living. Before that, I was just going through my life. Mm. And it really, really woke me up. And I started to tap into things and I started to pay attention and I started to think about how did that experience work for me? What if that was a wake up call from something bigger than me? And I started to really follow that, that nudge and tap into my intuition and listen. And I merged the combination of this sort of intuition woo thing that I was kind of exploring personally. I merged it with business and I started to use it. And yeah, I mean, it was absolutely within almost no time at all. My business was up and going and people were reaching out to me. And I was, you know, even that for that very first year, I was a six figure year. Because no one did what I did. Even still, no one does what I do. And what I realized was that the, the sort of trend toward business into the toxic masculine, it, it was the death throes of, of the, that way of doing things. Things that used to work didn't work anymore. The consumers had become very educated on the manipula, you know, manipulation that is in business. And so what I realized is that I could bring this into the business world and not just change the business world, but change us, change our experience of, you know, how we live our lives and how we tap into the thing that we really want to do in life. And I have. So Women of Woo today, we have women all over the world. It's a community. Um, we have free trainings and paid trainings and a mastermind and all, all sorts of things. And we specifically train women on how to tap into the thing that they're here to do and then get it out into the world in a way that is both lucrative for them, but influential for the world without now any how, of the yuck. How long has it been since, since you started? Four years. Wow. Mm -hmm. I have so yeah. many questions. I hope you're <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yes. I, okay. I mean, I totally had chills listening to your story. I'm sure you get that a lot. Um, and then when you were talking about you know, that it was a wake up call for you. And, and what I love that you said is you, you chose to listen to that nudge because a lot of people can have that wake up call or a similar wake up call, but then they go back to the safe zone. They go mm -hmm. back to, um, you know, what's familiar because of fear. I mean, ultimately a lot of us just don't, that we don't want to face our fears. We don't want to, you know, leave what we know. Um, so I love that you, you listen to the nudge. That's, that's key. And I also love that you brought up that, you know, before this, you, you never thought about things from that perspective. You never thought about your life. Like, why am I here? What mm -hmm. am I doing with this job? Because mm -hmm. 
our, our culture doesn't train that. It doesn't, we're, we don't, we're not exposed to those types of messages unless for some reason you get into personal development, which is not typically natural in your average corporate America life. Yeah. Um, it doesn't encourage that. In fact, it probably says that's woo. That's crazy. Exactly. That's the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they're into that. They go down that aisle in, in mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble. They go to personal development books, whatever. Mm-hmm. They probably like Tony Robbins too. It's like, yeah we're skeptical of things that we don't, we don't understand. We don't investigate it. Or at least that's the, the, that's so many people. So I firmly believe, in fact, you know, I don't know what specifically it was for me that when I was still living in Chicago, I finally had, I think for me, it was just a series of wake up calls where I was like, I finally looked around one day at Chicago and this gross, bleak, never sunny, mm-hmm. cold, free, freezing all the time, me having no social life, never leaving my condo. Um, I had a car for on a five-year lease and it had like 8,000 miles on it <laughs> because I never yeah. went anywhere. Yeah. And I just suddenly was like, I don't want to live here anymore. I don't yeah. want to live here. I want to live where it's warm. I want to move. I'm tired of, and, and it was... I remember when I, when I moved, how many women wrote me and said, oh, I wish I could do what you're doing. And I'm yes. like, yep. why, why can't you? And they're like, oh, well, I have kids or, oh, I have a job or whatever. And I'm like, those are just conditions. That's not why you can't. If you really want to move to Florida, find a way to move to Florida. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean, you know, you can just click your fingers and move there and everything's ha- But people never sit back and look at their lives. I've, it, this is why we met. I mean, Jasmine, I mean, there's so, this is so much of what I've been talking about. Like wake up and look at your life. Like are, is, is your job something that you love? Because even though, and I'm sure you could say this about your work, which I'm, this is probably a key question. It's, it's not necessarily in order. But a lot of times in this business series, when I have successful business women on and I'm um, interviewing all these entrepreneurs, you know, I can make, I know that I can make it sound like entrepreneur life is the way to go. It's unlimited. It, it, you know, there's no limits on your income. You're not dealing with wage gap. There's so much potential. You can be doing what you love by no means. And I, I always try to infor- reinforce this. Am I saying it's not work? It is work. There are days yeah. where you'll want to, punch yourself and punch your computer and punch all of your clients. If you have clients like that and people will get on your nerves, it still is work, but it's just that you're doing work. That's making an impact. That's doing for others. Hey everybody. This is the end of part one of this two part interview with Jasmine Ivy. Make sure you move on and listen to part two.